I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, you're listening to 5-Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. On this episode, we're going to look at some Irish and Celtic folklore. Seeing as it's coming up to Halloween, I thought I would talk about what's considered to be the most famous ghost of all, the Banshee. This is also one of the most requested topics that I've had. There are many smaller tales and reported sightings of Banshees, but for the main story this week, I've put together my own tale of her being an omen of death that combines lots of elements of Banshee myths. So here's today's five-minute folklore. Long ago, in Ireland, a young woman was out for an evening stroll, alone. Autumn was approaching, and the evenings were drawing in. There was a slight breeze, and the night was cold, but not too cold. In fact, young Alice enjoyed the cool air. During her walk, darkness came swiftly, and she decided to head back. As she turned toward home, she heard a frightful, low, moaning sound. She was startled. Hello? Oh, no. No, 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 no. A banshee. I know it. The sound continued, and she ran. When she reached home, out of breath, she slammed the door behind her and called for her mother. Mother! Mother! Mrs O'Connor ran down the stairs to her daughter. Alice! What is it, dear? Whatever is the matter? Alice sobbed. It comes for me. Death. Death comes for me. I heard it, mother. I heard it. Alice! Alice, calm down. You're babbling. Now breathe. What did you hear? Now, Alice attempted to calm her breathing. The banshee. Oh, Alice. Her mother sighed. These superstitions. You must pay no mind. Whatever you heard could well have been an animal out there in those woods. I heard it, mother. The low moan of a banshee. The wind through the trees. Her mother interrupted. No. A warning. This is the first night, and on the third, I will die. You'll see. Tomorrow, you'll hear it too. Alice did not sleep much that night, 
The next day, she was sat alone in her bedroom. The door opened, and a figure filled the entrance. Your mother tells me you were being hysterical last night. Her father spoke to her. Well, mother is right, but not without good reason. She says you think you were dying. Well, what's the matter? Are you ill? Do we need to call a doctor? Alice shook her head in irritation. You don't get it, do you? Nothing can stop it. I've been marked. Her father exhaled. <sighs> I don't have time for this, Alice. I don't want to hear any more of this nonsense. He turned and walked away. Just wait until tonight, father. You'll hear it too. She called after him. Not so hysterical now, more resigned to her fate. That evening, the night came in early again. At the dinner table, Alice had barely touched her food. Her mother, concerned, asked, How are you feeling, Alice? I don't have much of an appetite, unsurprisingly. Well, none of us have heard any peculiar sounds tonight, have we? Her father slammed on the table. I don't want to hear any more talk of spooks or spectre tonight. Am I clear? Alice, eat your food. I'm not hungry. Then go to your room. Fine. Alice removed herself from the dinner table and went back upstairs, alone, to her bedroom. Her parents continued to eat, in silence. Not ten minutes later, the howling started. Alice called down from the top of the stairs. Do you hear it? Do you believe me now? And she returned to her bedroom, slamming the door behind her, shutting herself in. The following day, her father spoke to her again, this time with more concern for his daughter. Now that noise last night could have been anything, but you're obviously rattled, so tonight we'll stay together, downstairs in the drawing room. Me... You and your mother. And I'll make sure nothing happens to you. And once this evening is through, we can put this whole silly business behind us. I mean, you can't just drop dead out of nowhere now, can you? Alice merely nodded. Deep down, she knew there was no escape. The evening came, and, as promised, they were gathered together in the drawing room. The room was silent until the shrieking noise filled the room. What the bloody hell? Mr. O'Connor exclaimed. Do you believe me now, Father? Do you believe me now? I am to die. Alice pleaded. Th there must be some kind of explanation. The windows shattered. Even now you question it. A vase of flowers shattered. I don't understand. Her mother was sobbing. Alice fled. Alice. Alice, wait! Her father took off after her, followed by her mother. Intent on shutting herself back in her bedroom, she ran up the stairs where she tripped, struck her head on the large corner banister, and fell backwards, back down the stairs. She hit the bottom and her neck was broken. Silence filled the house. Its duty complete, 
the Banshee left the family in peace. As usual, I hope you enjoyed the story. Now for the rest of the show, I have some other Banshee legends, as well as the possible origins of the myth, similar figures from around the world, and more modern accounts. Although modern portrayals of banshees show them as more evil, malevolent beings, they are more in line with myths like the Grim Reaper or Anku, as I previously talked about on the show, and merely visit the living to forewarn them of approaching death. Banshees are messengers from the other world. Typically, they only warn members of families of Celtic lineage from pure Irish descent, and each banshee is dedicated to a family line. Traditional Irish names beginning with O, Mac and Mook will have a family banshee. And among the original Irish families that are said to have their own are the Airlies, Cavanas, Fitzgeralds, O'Briens, O'Grady's, O'Leary's, O'Connors, O'Neill's, O'Tools and O'Donnell's. Although usually heard and not seen, banshees are classically described as having long grey hair, a thin body, a pale face with red eyes from endless crying, and wearing a grey or white cloak, which is almost like cobwebs. Other portrayals have her appearing as an ugly, frightening hag, a tall, veiled woman dressed in black, or a beautiful young girl with long red hair, and wearing the classic Irish colours of red and green, with elements of gold. Another particularly bizarre version is a headless woman, naked from the waist up, carrying a bowl of blood, She can also take the form of an animal, such as a hooded crow, stoat, weasel or hare, all animals classically associated with witchcraft in Irish folklore. If you ever encounter a banshee, you won't get much of a look though. If one is spotted, it will quickly vanish into a cloud of mist, accompanied by the sound of wings flapping. Banshees are part of the fae or fairy family, but are not one themselves. There are many traditions and origins of the name Banshee, the most common being that it means woman of the fairies, woman of the mounds, or the otherworldly woman. Some Banshees will have their own particular name, such as Ein, the O'Connellan Banshee, and there will be more examples of these later in the episode. Written accounts of Banshees date back to 1830, in the publication Triumphs of Turloch, by Sean McCrath but Banshee stories are thought to date back much earlier, possibly as far back as the 8th century.
The Banshee's most famous characteristic is its cry. When you hear it, it is said to surround you and will fill the listener with a sense of dread. Usually used to warn of an upcoming death, the cry may also echo at the crowning of a true king, as is claimed to have been heard at the crowning of the Irish king, Brian Boru. The sound that the Banshee makes varies from account to account. It is usually heard at night, around woodland. Sometimes it is quieter, a low moan, or even pleasant singing. It has also been compared to the sharp, screeching sound that a barn owl would make. Sometimes it's more of a howling noise. But the most well-known depiction is the wailing, or shrieking, which in some stories is shrill enough to shatter glass. A stranger description of her cry that I came across claimed that it sounded like wooden boards being struck together. Family banshees are often described as performing more sorrowful songs. There is such thing as an evil banshee. These usually have a reason to hate their family and will shriek in celebration of an impending death. They may even seek out a victim and wail constantly at them until they either go insane or kill themselves. Aside from wailing, a banshee may whisper the name of the victim, or just stand silently over the bed of those who are soon to die. One theory on the origin of banshee stories comes from owls. When armies would begin marching at dawn, ready for battles, many years ago, they would often disturb owls that were sleeping as they marched past. The owls would fly away screeching. This screeching noise would then alert the opposition who would prepare for attack, leading to many deaths. The sound of an owl's screeching became associated with death, and the sound of a banshee's shriek is often compared to that of a barn owl, so you can see how the idea of this shrill sound foretelling death could have, over the years, led to banshee myths. Another banshee origin story, and possibly the most well-known, comes from the idea of keeners. The term keening means to sing mournfully, from the Irish word queener, meaning lament. It was an old Irish tradition to have keeners at funerals, women to sing laments for the dead, and good keeners were in high demand. Rumours went around that some of the more prominent Irish families would even have special fairy women to keen at their funerals. Many keeners were paid in alcohol, and the church did not agree with this bartering system and saw it as against God. Legend spread that these women would go on to become banshees. It's also said that banshees will often be a mother who died in childbirth, or a brutally murdered woman coming back to warn others who may share the same fate. I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My story from the beginning of the episode was based on the old legend that the Banshee will visit across three nights, with its cry intensifying as the nights pass. So on night one, the victim will hear a low moan. On night two, the family members will also hear it, and by now it is a louder howl. And finally, by the third night, when death has almost arrived, a full-blown shriek will be heard. One of the more well-known Irish banshee legends tells the origin of Maeveen, the O'Neill family banshee. And I'm going to tell a short version of that now. Breen O'Neill returned one day from a raid. On his way home, he spotted a cow, whose horns were caught in a tree. It was a hawthorn tree. He had heard that these wishing trees were sacred to the fairy folk, but he paid no mind to these kind of superstitions, and so approached the cow and helped it to free its horns. I unloop that there, and there. There you go. The cow ran away and Breen continued his journey, unaware that he had angered the fairy folk. As far as they were concerned, that cow had become their property the moment it got itself caught on their tree, and he had allowed it to escape them. This would not go unpunished. When Breen arrived home, he called out to his daughter. Maeveen, I'm home. Maeveen? But there was no answer. After the incident with the cow and the hawthorn tree, the fairies had visited Breen's home before him. They had grabbed his daughter and dragged her to the bottom of the lake. Breen was worried and began to search everywhere for her. The fairies allowed Maeveen to visit her father, just the once. While he searched, she appeared before him. Maeveen? Is that you? She spoke. It's me. The fairies came and they took me away. But don't worry, I'm safe in their kingdom now. And then she vanished. From then on, she could only return in order to warn of an impending death in her family. 
If someone's time was near, they would hear her mournful cries. This was the origin of the O'Neill Banshee. The O'Neill Banshee from that story, sometimes called the White Lady of Sorrow, is also thought to be responsible for burning down Shane's castle by Loch Ney in Ireland. Shane himself, who the castle is named after, is thought to be a possible descendant of the Banshee Maeveen. The O'Brien family Banshee is sometimes called Eval or sometimes Ibel. She is said to rule over 25 other banshees who will sing in unison at the death of a particularly important or holy person. In general, several banshees singing at once will signify a great person. The O'Donnell banshee is said to live on a rock overlooking the sea at Dunluce Castle. She cries for all of the misfortunes in the past that the family have ever had, and for all of the future misfortunes that they have yet to have. Banshees can also be linked to another Irish folklore character, the Morrigan, otherwise known as the Celtic Triple Goddess, especially to its crone aspect. I won't have time to go into the Morrigan on this episode, but perhaps in the future eventually, as it is definitely a fascinating piece of folklore. I have one more old Banshee account from Ireland now, and I'm reading this one from cladachdesign.com. In 1801, the Banshee paid visit to the Commander-in-Chief of the British forces in Ireland, He had attended a party at Dublin Castle and invited a few guests back to his home in Mount Kennedy, County Wicklow, afterwards. These guests, Sir Jonah Barrington and his wife, woke up at 2.30am to what he described as plaintive sounds coming from outside the window. His wife and a maid were also awoken by it, and the sound later turned into the name Rossmore being screeched three times. The next morning, they were told that a servant, having heard odd sounds from Rossmore's room at 2.30am, entered to find him dying. Aside from Ireland, banshee stories are most commonly told in Scotland, but there are also some similar figures in Welsh, Norse and American folklores. The Scottish banshee equivalent is often named the Ban Nye, or the washerwoman. She is seen over water washing the clothes of those who are to die, or sometimes around the time of wars, washing the blood off of the victim's armour. There are some quite alarming descriptions of the Ban Nye, where she is said to have one nostril, one large tooth, webbed feet and long hanging breasts. 
The strangest detail of all being that if a man is brave enough to sneak close while she is washing and suck on one of her breasts and then claim to be her foster child, she will grant him a wish. Also in Scotland, in 1437, King James I met a seer who accurately foretold his death. After the event, many believed this seer to have been a banshee. There are a few banshee legends told across America, the most famous being the South Dakota Banshee, otherwise known as the Banshee of the Badlands. Her screams have been reported to be heard for the last 150 years by travellers and cowboys. Wales' banshee figure is known as the, apologies for pronunciation, Grach e Ribbin, or the Witch of Ribbin. Similar to the Banshee's loyalty to Irish bloodlines, the Witch of Rabin will only visit families of pure Welsh descent. Banshee sighting accounts are still being reported, and I have one for you now which I'm reading from historicmysteries.com. One reported sighting occurred in the early hours of June 2014. What began as an apparent catcall in the middle of one night quickly developed into an apparent terrifying sighting of a Banshee. The sound metamorphosed into a shrill scream that seemed to be coming closer and closer. The witness involved investigated from within the relative safety of indoors and reported a woman standing out in the open, head back, screaming loudly enough to cause irritation to the ears of the witness. After several more minutes, a single police patrol car arrived on the scene, but whatever was seen outside had disappeared. The attending police officers actually suggested the possibility of a banshee sighting. On the same night, a death in the family of the sole witness was recorded. There is one old Irish superstition which is sometimes told about mermaids, but more often banshees. Banshees are said to comb their hair with a silver comb. If you were to ever see a comb laying around on the ground, then don't touch it. It could be a trap to lure humans. If you pick it up, then a banshee could appear and spirit you away. Also in Ireland, wedge-shaped rocks are sometimes referred to as banshee chairs, where banshees are said to sit and cry. And that's all for this episode. It was a really dense topic to research, so thanks to those of you who suggested it. There were quite a few of you. Uh, if you want to suggest a topic yourself, you can do so at 5minutefolklore at gmail.com or via the website 5minutefolklore.com where you can also find ways to support the show and links to the various associated social media accounts iTunes ratings and reviews are really appreciated. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the other ones I've done, then please consider doing that. It really does help podcasts get noticed, and I would love to see a few new ones during this run of episodes. I'm planning on doing a run of about five or six episodes from now, every two weeks, and as I've said before, I'm hoping to include some listeners' voices during the stories. So let me know if that's something you'd like to do. Just email me at 5minutefolklore at gmail.com. Uh, this week's voices were provided, as usual, by Rick Dove and Rebecca Chapman. 
but we have some uh, listeners voicing characters on upcoming episodes of this series. So I'm really looking forward to that. Music this week, under the main story you heard Irish Lament by Maria Grigg, and under the Maeveen story you heard the Celtic guitar piece O'Connell's Lamentation, performed by Black Dog Brunzi on YouTube. Uh, throughout the episode was The Banshee, performed by Irish fiddle legend Kevin Burke, a version of Swallowtail Jig, performed by Katie Edelson, Banshee by Graziana de Pellegrin, a version of Con O'Leary's Lament, and also Banshee Lament by Crushed Runes. Finally, at the very end of this episode, you'll hear a section of The Banshee by Lucky Mud. Until next time, thanks so much for listening, and I'm going to close out the show now by reciting an old Irish poem titled The Banshee by an anonymous author from the collection by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Poems of Places, an anthology in 31 volumes, Ireland, Volume 5, 1876-79. So this is The Banshee. She sat beside the haunted stream, while it was crimsoned yet with sunset beam, and her long black hair with the wild winds flew, and her robe was a robe of snowy hue. And she gazed with sad, dark glancing eye, where Makora's towers rose proud and high. But sudden that gaze was past, and the one that sat by the lonely stream was gone. And aloft on the misty mountain's height Was seen the dark form in snowy white And wild and high over hill and dale Was heard the loud cry of the banshee's wail The fen fog fell and the robe of white Was dimmer seen on the mountain's height And the long black locks still floated away Till the night glooms came as black as they And the form at length was in darkness shaded and the song at length was in distance faded. But still the sounds in the listening ear, with the cool calm gale, were wafted near, and still the murmuring echoes fell, o'er heath-clad hill and o'er moth-green dell, and still they sung of woe and grief, and blood and death to Makura's chief. The day-beam breaks on the green hillside, and gleams o'er hill and river, and the Saxon's banner is floating wide, with the blood of the hapless heroes dyed, but Makura's boast and Makura's pride is faded and lost forever. Well, well, Banshee, well, well, Banshee, Mountainside, as I sit here by my firelight, hear her screaming through the trees. Well, well, Banshee, well, well, Banshee, well, well, Banshee, well. For 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.